I've titled the talk, uh, The Antidote to Anxiety. Um, one of my favorite Disney songs growing up uh, was Hakuna Matata uh, from the movie The Lion King. I'm pretty sure you're already singing that song. It means no worry for the rest of your days. It's all problem-free philosophy, right? I'm pretty sure you're singing that right in your head. Hakuna Matata. Our, our hearts longing for this worry and anxiety-free world is so real. And yes, God created for a world to be a world which was worry and anxiety-free. But sin ruined it and, and we struggle with anxiety and worry in, in today's world and it's so real to our hearts. But there is also hope that in the future, Christ will come back again and will take us into this perfect world where our hearts will be free of anxiety. Um, and, and that is so real as well. Even as we wait for that, even as we long for that, let's talk about how do we deal with it in the here and now. We all experience it in varying degrees. Whether it's a mild, constant worrying about something or a crippling anxiety disorder which needs clinical intervention, which has become so common in, in, in today's India especially, causing a huge mental health crisis, anxiety is a reality of this broken world. There is no escaping it. You know, I, growing up, I grew up as a happy kid. I, 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 never, I never saw it and faced it. I never would call myself as someone who struggled with anxiety. But friends, especially the, the, the last two years of going through COVID has surfaced. It's not that I never struggled with it. I just ignored it. I distracted myself with it. But it surfaced what I was struggling with. So no matter who we are, no matter what we believe in, anxiety is real. So in today's talk, we're going to be looking at a very famous command that Jesus gives in the Bible. He says, do not be anxious about your life. And he goes on to say uh, what, that, what that means. Um, what does this command mean for us living today? Do not be anxious about your life. Is this just like another empty command or an empty encouragement? Oh, I'm struggling? Don't, don't struggle. Is it just that or has it got more to it? Sometimes when we struggle, we remember these verses and we remember just these verses and we try to apply it to our hearts. But there's something more that Jesus is driving into our hearts today. He says, he, he, he gives an antidote. He says, do not worry. And then he says, what all not to worry about. And then he says, instead, do this. What is that? Let's dive into the, into the passage um, for, for today. I requested Joshua to read the passage for us. Sorry, Joshua, I have to do the long walk down the aisle. <laughs> And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. 
they neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For, the, for all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in, he in the heavens that does not fail where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is God's word. Thank you, Josh. That was Luke chapter 12, verses 22 to 34. It's in your handout uh, if you got it on your phone. Uh, allow me to just pray before we start. Father, we thank you for your word, uh, which, which speaks volumes into our life that we live centuries after it is written. Uh, we thank you because uh, your word is eternal. Uh, the, the gospel is eternal. No matter which uh, century we live in, no matter which culture we live in, it still applies to our hearts. This morning, Holy Spirit, would you speak into our hearts? Uh, would, you, would you meet us at a point of need? Uh, we truly uh, want to see and be captivated by Jesus uh, this morning. Help us, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Here's what we're going to be looking at. Um, the, the three things. Uh, the first thing is the lie that leads to anxiety. The second thing is the antidote to anxiety. And the third thing is how does this antidote work? Yeah, the lie that leads to anxiety, the antidote to anxiety, and how does this antidote work? Let's dive straight in. Um, the passage starts off this way. And he said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Whenever we see a therefore in the Bible, we must always take a look at what's happening just before this particular passage. What therefore? This is part of a larger conversation that's happening. Let's place this passage in its context. A man comes to Jesus and asks him to tell his brother to divide his inheritance with him. In response to this, Jesus tells a parable. He tells a story of a really wealthy farmer whose farms did so well, it outgrew his barns, and, and this guy got really happy and he said, I'm going to break my barns, build bigger ones. I have enough produce. I'm just going to sit back and relax. This is what exactly the farmer says in, in verse 19. And I will say to my soul, soul, 
you have ample goods laid up for many years relax eat drink and be merry jesus calls this farmer a fool and he says your life will be taken away from you this very night what's the point of all these riches then and then he looks to his disciples and he says therefore do not be anxious about your life jesus in this parable of the rich fool articulates the goal that each of us really want for ourselves today accumulate enough to sit back and relax and enjoy the rest of rest of the years of our life early retirement baby that's the current thing we all want we all want this imagine this make enough today so that in a couple of years from now i can do whatever i want wherever i want and really live a life that is truly free aren't these goals for us today this guy felt like he made it this farmer he said i'll tell my soul this is it i'm let's let's relax have fun and and in our language chill jesus calls him a fool and he says this very night your life will be taken away what will you do and then he looks to his disciples he's not telling mind you he's not telling this person who came asking his brother to divide his inheritance he's looking to the disciples and he's telling him telling them therefore do not be anxious now his his disciples were most of them were fishermen they were very ordinary people they don't come from wealthy families and now since they followed jesus we know what happened they leave their nets and follow him 24/7 it is probably safe to assume that they were probably anxious about their future why is it safe to assume because jesus is looking at them and he's saying therefore do not be anxious friends we can find ourselves somewhere in the spectrum between this rich farmer who's got it all covered and who wants to chill and between the disciples where probably we don't know where our next day's food comes from we find ourselves somewhere in the spectrum but no matter where we are in the spectrum jesus is helping us see the lie that our hearts believe in if i have enough money my future is taken care of so i need to build my life accordingly my my portfolio my reserves let me qualify this all of this is good we need to be good stewards of what god has given us we 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 see that all through the bible god calls us to be good stewards and 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 take good care of them the problem is not with building these portfolios and reserves the problem is looking to them as their source of salvation our source of joy our source of comfort our source of security the moment something threatens what we are building or the moment we realize we are not able to build what we need to to for our future anxiety cripples in and in this broken world we've seen what happened in the last 2 years even the best of the best struggled 
let's carefully articulate the unspoken lie we are telling our souls today like the rich farmer who saw his produce and told his soul we are sorted let's relax and have fun what is it that we desperately want or probably already have or we are building that is giving us this sense of joy the sense of security the sense of provision instead of jesus i'll be honest with you i I've, i've struggled with this um after 2 years of being married in 2020 when uh, my wife first expressed her desire to have a child i honestly wasn't ready uh it's not that i needed more time to prepare emotionally for me the greatest fear was how do i provide for the family we had just gotten married 2 years gotten comfortable figured out our expenses figured out our savings now bringing a child into this equation was really scary for me i even remember asking anand naji in so many words how much money or savings do i need to take this step i was that scared even now after experiencing god's goodness we have a healthy beautiful child i find myself not being able to enjoy the moment thinking about the future and that anxiety cripples in again it's real my friends it's so real the lie that my heart keeps telling me if only you have more savings right now if only you have a bigger balance right now you'll be at peace and experience joy and you'll be able to enjoy in this moment that's the lie that my heart day in and day out keeps preaching to me what is your specific lie that your heart is telling you that is causing you anxiety what is it that you want to draw your source of security and comfort from now what is jesus presenting as an antidote to this anxiety here's what he's saying instead this is therefore do not worry about your life and then he says plants and they don't do anything but they're taken care of and then he says instead seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you do not be anxious instead seek his kingdom that is this passage in one line do not be anxious instead seek his kingdom what does this verse even mean let's begin to look at what it's not if you've grown up as christian here's how we tend to look at this verse in order to have my needs and desires met i need to do enough spiritually serve at church build my own personal rhythms of personal worship and if if i don't do this my needs will not be met if this this is probably subconsciously or even in so many words been preached to you with the moment we need something seek his kingdom and this will be added to you we tend to see this as a formula to get what we want i tend to still operate out of this 
many times it shows up in seasons when i desperately need something my personal worship becomes more active this is so wrong this is me seeking god to help me build my kingdom my resources here's what i need you're the source you're just the service provider and i'm coming to you 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 just give this to me when we read seek his kingdom and all these things will be added to you as have an active spiritual life and god will take care of everything you want here's how our hearts respond when we don't get what we want the first thing you think is i'm not doing enough i need to sacrifice more i need to do more for god and we go down on a guilt trip or the other way my heart is filled with bitterness towards god thinking i am doing so much i am doing so much for you could you not do this for me and then you you turn 180 and say i'm going to do this on my own i'll figure it out by myself now both of these are equal and opposite sins my friends i hate to admit but personally my heart responds in the second way oh it's yeah it's shameful even to admit in this moment it's it's terrible i may not say it in so many words but my heart every day grows in bitterness and in my heart there's that subconscious thing saying you're doing so much why is it not happening the gospel truth is we do not deserve any good thing we are sinners and the only thing we deserve is nothing short but the holy just wrath of god to come down crashing upon us but instead because of jesus we experience god's goodness it's not dependent on our goodness and look at this verse 32 says fear not little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom this should birth gratefulness in our hearts if this is not what seeking the kingdom means then what does it mean for us today what does seeking the kingdom mean it involves firstly recognizing that there is a king in command and i am not him it first involves recognizing god as king you see because we live in a democratic society which doesn't have a king it's so hard to imagine anyone else apart from us being in control of our lives this is your life do as you please that's what culture tells us and this cultural lie affects our faith as well so when we christians talk about kingdom of god we often talk about all the ways this world can be redeemed and how we as christians are agents of this kingdom here on this earth into our workplaces our play areas amidst the poor and the downtrodden etc while all of this is true we miss out on the important fact that there's an actual king sitting on the throne who is giving who is 
who is bringing this kingdom we are mere agents when we talk about kingdom of god in our version of kingdom of god either the throne is empty or we as christians are sitting on it calling the shots this is more like democracy but seeking his kingdom primarily involves us surrendering our kingdom surrendering our control to the real king when we seek his kingdom our wants and desires are primarily reordered and sanctified by the king himself our goal in seeking the kingdom is not about getting things from the king but it is encountering the king himself and experiencing his good godly just reign in our lives and in the places we live in honestly we don't like kings and we don't like someone taking absolute control over our lives because we've not seen good kings but who is this king that we are asked to submit to whose kingdom is this look at look at verse 31 and 32 it says and your father knows that you need them all these things that we need here on earth and your father knows that you need them instead seek his kingdom the king here is our good father who knows what we need he's not he's not a sadistic cruel king he's our father who knows what we need in verse 32 says fear not little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom you know what this also means seeking the kingdom is not searching for the kingdom it's not a treasure hunt the father wants to give us seeking the kingdom is more desiring his kingdom asking him to take over seeking his rule over ours at our work at our home in our social circles in our city in our country humbly surrendering and say lord take over take over it is us desiring his kingdom because the father wants it's it's his good pleasure to give it to us what does this practically look like in bad times beat anywhere at work or home we surrender to king jesus in the midst of it anyway even if the situation doesn't change because he is still accomplishing something powerful in our hearts especially in good times in times of prosperity as in the case of this rich farmer we surrender it we surrender to him even more and say lord this is all yours may my heart not be gripped by this may it not be captivated by this may i be satisfied by you and you alone use this for your glory as you please have you noticed 
as christians we often use this word god is sovereign he is sovereign but we use this word most when things go bad not in our favor when we don't get the job that we want when we don't get the raise that you want when we lose someone god is sovereign yes he is but what about when when things are going really well when we get that raise when we are celebrating do we still cry god is sovereign god is sovereign we need to acknowledge god's sovereignty him as the king and seek his kingdom especially for us as affluent artists and professionals and entrepreneurs especially in our times of prosperity and goodness if this is what seeking his kingdom is about how on earth does it help my anxiety and worry today how does this antidote work if you have to be really honest as as professionals artists entrepreneurs as the affluent probably top 2% of this country the thing that worries us more than not having tomorrow's needs met because in god's goodness and his grace we have been blessed with resources it's it's not it's not about not having tomorrow's needs met but it's about losing what we already have i've built this with my blood sweat and tears what if this all goes away covid really showed us and surfaced this fear in us how does the seeking the kingdom help me address this worry This passage tells us in verse 32 and 33 fear not little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom sell your possessions and give it to the needy What is Jesus saying Once we truly receive the kingdom in our hearts which the father truly wants to give out of his good pleasure Jesus says we'll have the courage to sell all our possessions and give it away to the needy what this is this is facing our fear head on it's not saying once you seek the kingdom you'll get all these things that you need to live in this world and your anxiety will go away no seeking his kingdom frees us from the anxiety of losing it all by giving us the freedom to lay it all down how is this even possible for me today if you ask me to lay it all down i i don't think i can the answer lies in how the father gave his kingdom to us the father has given us the kingdom in the form of his son jesus christ who is the perfect embodiment of the kingdom of god jesus himself in couple of chapters down the line talking to uh, the pharisees when when asked by the pharisees when when the kingdom of god would come he answered them the kingdom of god is not coming in ways that you can be observed nor will they say look here it is there for behold the kingdom of god is in the midst of you 
Jesus Christ is the perfect embodiment of the kingdom of God that, that, that has come into our hearts. Who better than the king himself to come down and reveal his kingdom to us? Apostle Paul, a follower of Jesus, helps us see Christ's work for us this way. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, he says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. Our souls were in absolute poverty and depravity because of our sin, my friends. And Christ stepped down from heaven, brought the kingdom to us, took upon our poverty upon himself. He laid it all down so that we can have it all in him. This is how we got the kingdom of God. When he hung on that cross, took our sin, he took the poverty of our souls and gave us his eternal riches. And that is what verse 33 is talking about. Provide yourself with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches, no moth destroys. The more we see how our poverty is met with the riches of Christ, the more we treasure the, these riches in Christ over our earthly treasures, we will find the courage to lay it all down, to lay these earthly treasures down, which can be stolen or destroyed. This is what comforts us in our anxiety. When we grow to cherish and desire Christ as the greatest treasure that satisfies all the needs and desires of our heart, we experience real freedom from anxiety. If you are not a follower of Jesus, Firstly, let me, let me apologize to you that we as the church have not led lives that show you that Christ is our absolute greatest treasure. And we, we cherish him more than anything else on this earth. We are works in process, growing to savor our Christ our Savior. But let that not stop you from enjoying. Join with, us, join with us on this journey. Here's a simple takeaway for you. Do you know why Christ is the only treasure that can truly relieve us of our anxiety? Every other treasure that we chase, work, our careers, love, money, possessions, travel, etc. demand to constantly take from us with a promise to satisfy us. But Christ is the only treasure who first laid it all down 
when we didn't want him, when we didn't express a desire for him, he laid it all down first so that we can have him and be satisfied in him. Nothing can destroy this treasure. As followers of Jesus, here's my question to myself first and all of us this morning. There are two kinds of riches Jesus is talking about here. One that leads to anxiety because it can be stolen, destroyed. And the other one that frees us from anxiety because it is eternal, cannot be taken away and destroyed. What treasure are we seeking, desiring, working towards every single day? Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like this merchant who was in search of pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had to just get that one pearl. Are we savoring the value of our of our sweet Jesus enough to find the courage to lay every other treasure down. I know that this is so difficult, but allow me to close in prayer, desperately asking the Holy Spirit to help us savor and appreciate Christ, our treasure, more. Holy Spirit, you are the witness of the kingdom of God being present in our hearts. Would you help us? Would you help us cherish and savor Jesus so much that every other thing that, that, that we hold so dear fails in comparison to the value that we have in Christ. Right now, this is so difficult. But Holy Spirit, would you help us? Help us seek this Jesus. Jesus, would you take over? Would you take over complete control? You and only you are the treasure that our hearts truly need to be satisfied. We need you, Lord. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.